Welcome to Coinology, the podcast. You ain't getting no money if you're constantly worried about what everybody else got to say. If you constantly got your eyes on what everybody else doing, you ain't getting no money. When it comes down to closing the deal, I get it done. Everything one. Welcome to Coinology, the podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of Coinology. Y'all give it up for Marcia Davis. Hey, I'm so excited about you making some time to come out. Absolutely. Thank you. I so know much. you are one busy, busy, busy lady. I am. <laughs> just, just opened up the latest and the newest ESCO over in we Cobb have, County. We have. Thank you so much. We've been open about two and a half months now since the end, June 28th. Okay. Okay. How has business been going? It's been going good. Okay. I absolutely love it. Absolutely stressful. Mm-hmm. Brand new. This is a brand new business besides the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So the loungy. Um, the lounge industry is brand new to us. Mm-hmm. So, but it's been great. You know? Is this your first collaboration? This is absolutely the first collaboration, um, first franchise, but we knew that we wanted to do a franchise. So I, I probably wouldn't have partnered with nobody. We specifically looked for a franchise to invest in. Okay. And for those who don't know, Esco um, is a franchise that absolutely. is owned by Two Chains, the rapper, and Snoop, the uh, actor, actress, right? No, she's not an actress. She's the business owner. Okay. So um, um, she actually owns Esco. She actually owns Remedy Salon Suites as well. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know that I've been to the other Escos down in downtown Atlanta as well. Uh, yep. They have one on Peter Street, and they also have one on the south side. Yep. I went to the one on Peter Street. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, when I saw that, the badass marketing <laughs> shit. That's, okay, that's your name on social media, yes. right? <laughs> That's your That's name, name, right? Social media, I said, absolutely. okay. I said, she's a restaurateur and she's absolutely. a badass marketing chick, right? Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about that, right? So where are you from, Marcia? I'm from St. Louis. St. Louis. I think you may be one of the... Oh, no. Someone else was in here from St. Louis one time because I know I was talking about the home of Nelly. Oh, uh, I don't even see too many people. It wasn't um, Stewie Rock, was it? I don't know. You know who, I can't St. remember. Louis. But did y'all... Did you grow up on Nelly? No, I didn't. He's older than me. Okay. So I'm only 37. Okay. Nelly got to be like almost 50. Okay. All right. So, but so you didn't grow up listening to Nelly's music? Oh, yeah. We grew up listening to his music. Okay. All the time. We still, I still listen to Nelly right now. All right. So Nelly favorite. still be getting it, right? <laughs> That's one of my favorite artists. Absolutely. Okay. Still okay. play him right now. All right. So did you grow up in a two parent household? No, I didn't grow up in a two parent household. I grew up in a one parent household. Okay. Um, I grew up with my mom and my dad died when I was nine. So I really grew up with my mom and my stepmom in between both households. Oh, so your stepmom after your father passed still was very instrumental in your life. Absolutely. That is great. Security. I think the the, the thought of feeling secure as a child is so important as Mm -hmm. you get older and building the confidence to step out in entrepreneurship. So I think that's great. So did you, okay, were troubled child? How was your childhood? Uh, not really troubled, actually. I think it was more of my dad died when I was nine. Mm-hmm. So by my dad died, maybe a little bit of depression, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, always, I was a basketball star. I had a basketball scholarship. Um, had a full ride. Okay, so, where'd you go? No, I had a full ride. Okay. okay. <laughs> to Tennessee State University. Oh, TSU. Mm-hmm. So what happened? Why I did you go? Pregnant. pregnant. 
Oh, and my scholarship required had requirements that you couldn't miss a certain amount of days. And besides that, when they found out I was pregnant, they didn't want me no more. Okay, so what you had already gotten the offer, Mm -hmm. and paper everything. All right, and so where you hadn't graduated yet, you were about to graduate when you found out you were pregnant. I got a full ride in in a sophomore year. You must have been bad. So I see why you said badass. Badass basketball <laughs> chick. Okay, so you got it sophomore year, so you mm-hmm. already knew you were straight for TSU. I was straight. We so were. when did you get pregnant? Sophomore year. Wait sophomore a minute. Year. So you got <laughs> it in sophomore year, and you got pregnant. So they still mm-hmm. would not have honored it, even though you were not pregnant at the time you would have attended school. No, um, you had requirements, so they're very, very, very strict. One, you, you know, you come to school with a baby, yeah, there's nothing great going. But you have requirements for as a grade point average, as well as days amount of school. You almost couldn't miss maybe two or three. And already since I'm pregnant, I'm sick. So I'm missing day after day from being sick. So that automatically would disqualify me. Oh, my God. In the first place. But I already knew they were probably going to try to disqualify me anyways because their questions kept being and kept writing. Um, that was back when the old computers, mm-hmm. uh, when they were just sending like emails and Yahoo. So they kept emailing my coach like, "What is she going to do about the baby? What like like are is somebody taking the baby?" So they had like real questions that needed to be answered, you know, because when you go to that school, I, I was going to have to stay on campus, so mm-hmm. I can't take a baby with me. So let's talk about it. So you. You got your uh, scholarship in what month of your sophomore year? I had my scholarship probably in about so long ago, but I would say it was at the beginning of the school year. So we had already, uh, my coach and everybody, we had been working on getting the scholarships. He, um, I had an actual coach. Um, He used to take inner city kids, go pick us all up from all over the city, and we would end up playing the different schools. So one of his biggest jobs that he had was trying to make sure all of us graduated with scholarships. Mm -hmm. So about time I got, I played with him since I was in sixth grade. So about time... I know he was so. I know <laughs> he was hard. Okay, so hold on. It was on. like uh, we worked all them years to get yes. there. Yes, and so and as got soon as you there. got the scholarship, and then how many months after you got the scholarship that you get, oh, you find out you were pregnant? It was quick. I found out that February. Okay, all right. So let's back up. What were you thinking at that time? Where you know, I, I did abortion cross your mind? Abortion never crossed my mind. I think it was more, it was unbelievable. Like, I thought it was a lie. I really thought it was a lie. So, what were, okay, what did your mom, your stepmom, your aunties, your friends, your coach, were they saying, Marcia, you can't do this now? What were they saying? Because I know during that time, it had to be a real challenge. I mean, you're coming from the inner city. You have a full scholarship to a great university. Mm -hmm. You're going to tell me there was no pressure. I think they're more heartbroken. They're more like sad, but since they know me, I always had good grades. And I think they were just more heartbroken. Like they couldn't believe it. But like my stepmom, she just stepped up immediately. So it wasn't like a, you know, she was more heartbroken probably about 60 seconds. And then it jumped in. She's like, okay, we got to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this. So we just got to it because I had to finish school. And And so you had to finish school knowing that. Your dream. Mm-hmm. So, um... Yeah, my daughter walked across the street. I mean, across the stage with me on my hip. <laughs> and I... So, do you still have a relationship with the coach? No. I've been trying to find him. 
<laughs> so after you told him you were pregnant, mm-hmm. did the relationship end or? we? As I got older, you know how people just kind of sprang away. And I was yeah. still living in St. Louis. And eventually I got married in St. Louis. Um, I think that was like the last time I talked to him because he came to my wedding. Um, and it just kind of drifted away because next thing you know, I moved to Atlanta. And when I moved to Atlanta, I really don't talk to, not because I wanted to, it was just people's numbers got changed, were older. We just talked to a certain amount of people, so no, I haven't seen him. Um, but absolutely, his name was Coach Williams, an amazing coach, everybody. Mm-hmm. He's very known in the city, though. Mm-hmm. So, But I don't think anyone's seen him in a long time, but he's responsible for a lot of girls getting into top schools. Whew. Okay, so you became a teenage mom. Absolutely. And so I'm sure that was pretty difficult. It was. It was very difficult. So did it ever cross your mind, like, I'm not going to get out of St. Louis. I'm going to be stuck here. I'm going to be another statistic. Never crossed my mind. Never crossed I already your mind. knew I wasn't staying. You knew you were getting out of there. I knew I was leaving. I knew I was leaving since I was little. Okay. So I knew I was going to. When I married my husband, before he asked me to marry him, I specifically told him. We got married at, I was like 18, 19. So, so is that the father of your daughter? No. She has a different dad. Okay. So my other two, that is what I got married because I got pregnant at 16. So I got married to someone else at um, 18, turning 19. But that was the first thing that I told him that you might not want to marry me because I'm not staying here. Okay, so you had two children by the time you graduated? One. One. And then when I got married, I had two more. So I have a total of three right a now. Three kids. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you're a teenage mom. Um, you have a supportive family. Absolutely. Right? Um, you obviously had a, uh, a, a significant other that... Mm-hmm. Loved you and supported you. You got married at 18 years old. So then what was the plan? You graduated at 18. You got married right away. Are you mm-hmm. still married to him? I am. 17 years. Oh, wow. That's great. <laughs> That's great. So you, you're, you're still married to him. And then you moved to Atlanta immediately after high school? No. We actually, um, when I got pregnant, I think it took us... A year, mm-hmm. and we moved to Atlanta mm-hmm. after a year. Okay. And so initially, what type of career did you have? What were you doing initially? Initially, I worked at a call center, but I knew I was going to, after the call center probably was my only real job, and from then on, I've been always open to business. Even before my husband, he kind of worked in the field and worked, but I've, after the call center and I moved to Atlanta, I've never worked anywhere in Atlanta. Entrepreneur. You know, Atlanta is the city of no working. <laughs> nobody here has a job. I have never seen a city where nobody has a daggone job. Yep, never. Never. When I moved down here, opened up a daycare in my house because okay. it's a little bit different down here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. See, in St. Louis, they help you with child care. Mm-hmm. So... It just comes natural. They help everybody. It doesn't matter what your income is in St. Louis, really, unless they changed it. But back then, you could just go down, and they'll help you with child care. When you moved to Atlanta, there was no help for child care. Okay. So when we actually, when I started looking for daycares, they were like, it was $140 a week for each child. At that time, I had two. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that's 280 a week. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, okay. Like, I'm, it's not, that's what a lot of people say. A lot of people say, by the time I pay daycare, I might as well not work. Absolutely. And so a lot of people are forced to be a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. not because they want to, but it's just so expensive. To. Absolutely. Um, I just went into full business mode immediately. I think I went even down there, down um, in Atlanta for more than a week, and I was like, I'll just start my own daycare if I got to. So it's always <laughs> been in you. 
it's Absolutely. been in you. You've always had that fire to want to start your own. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you started your daycare. How long did you own a daycare? I owned a daycare seven years. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so did you ever build it outside of your home or was it always in no, home? It was always in home. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that I wanted to do something else. That Building a daycare was just mm-hmm. a solution mm-hmm. to a problem that I was having, which is someone watching my kids. Mm-hmm. So I knew if I build another daycare, I still would have that same issue, which someone actually finds. So let me just build a business on top of this to get to where I need to go. Mm-hmm. Let them get a little bit of age where, you know, I can trust a little bit more people who may want to watch them. And that's kind of what we ended up doing and um, actually put them in daycare as they got older, which was a little bit more affordable, too. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. half the price um, because now they're in school. So now they're in pre-K. Um, so I just did the daycare until I got them up out of school. So what you did, what most people need to think about is you started a business to solve a problem. Absolutely. And I always tell people entrepreneurship should always be about solving an issue and serving. Mm-hmm. If you're not serving or solving is not going to last. And so that's why when you see companies that start and they have a great little start and then they end up fading off, it's because they don't fit one of the two categories. Mm -hmm. And I know we see a lot of that today in social media, a lot of these Mm -hmm. overnight social media successes and some of these influencers and so forth. The question is, what are you serving and what are you solving in order to have longevity? So, okay, you, you moved on from the daycare business, right? Absolutely. Um, and then what was next? The next, I actually, me and my husband opened up a catering business. Mm-hmm. So he's always been a chef and went to school and different things. And so, like I said, I'm very good at marketing. Mm-hmm. So different. I have a different style at it. Um, so it's what, like, what's your difference? Of, what's your style? I think it's still more like... Uh, I still got a hustle behind it. So it's not like the new school stuff. Like a lot of people use like ads and all that different type of stuff. I kind of think out the box. Like when we did our grand opening, just stuff to get people attention, just attention starters. Mm -hmm. Like um, we, for our grand opening, I hired a company to put this, um, big light that they use like at the airports and stuff outside to draw attention mm-hmm. and it was the most drawn attention in Marietta mm-hmm. just from a light so just thinking of different things like that to actually draw attention to I'm not really an ad person mm-hmm. or anything like that you believe in so. doing traditional old school guerrilla marketing absolutely really? I think that's still mm-hmm. I haven't got out of it yet mm-hmm. so. <laughs> well I think the other part that I think most people need to realize too so you you mentioned that you went from being a daycare owner to owning a, owning a catering company. And then now, you you know, we're going to talk about the restaurants and stuff here shortly. But no matter what type of business you own, if you don't have a really strong and solid marketing yep. plan, you can really hang it up. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. What made you not decide to start your own marketing company? I'm not really like a... Uh, put like um. I just like to just do me. I'm my own little box. I Mm -hmm. work better like that. So me versus trying to, I can teach people, like if I'm just doing the ebook, something quick, Mm -hmm. but since I'm still doing guerrilla marketing, I really don't have the time. Mm -hmm. I really don't have the, I've attempted to try that. It just takes up too much of my time to sit there and try to show you. And then some people may get it and then may not understand it. And so it's just really about the time. Just again, because I'm out here hustling and bustling. I can barely even answer my phone, and I don't want anybody to not have my full attention if they're paying me to actually help them do marketing. That's right. Okay, so you started a catering company. Absolutely. And your husband is an excellent uh, chef. chef. Mm-hmm. All right. And then you guys ventured off into owning your first restaurant, correct? 
No. Well, oh, yes. I'm sorry. So we ventured off and we ended up opening ATL Fusion Barbecue. Okay. Which is like very popular in Marietta. Mm-hmm. So we've op- had that restaurant from 2000. I think that's been like 18 to mm-hmm. now. So a couple years before the actual pandemic. Uh, but we've also owned like Airbnbs and stuff. And that's what we're really, well, I'm really known for mm-hmm. um, because I've had Airbnbs and stuff since 2014. Mm. So um, let's talk about the Airbnbs because I'm getting some mixed reviews on that, right? <laughs> I'm hearing a lot of people say they lost their hat in mm-hmm. this whole Airbnb market. What do you think that they did wrong? What is it that's causing people now that were so on board? They were. Airbnb, Airbnb, Airbnb to now saying get out. They're saying get out because they never put systems in place. They went after something because they hear that there's so much money into it, not having a structure or putting together infrastructure for Airbnb. Um, I learned that very quickly because I got in it early. Mm -hmm. So the first time when I got in it early, I realized that you're to scale. You have to have multiple units. You cannot scale with just one unit because I started with one unit. Mm -hmm. And so you can end up losing money. Um, it's, It's like having a rental. Like even if someone's renting your house, um, you may do a lot of repairs. So about time the end of the year comes, you really didn't make any money because of repairs. Mm-hmm. But if you have 40 units, you know what I'm saying? You're going to be very profitable because of the amount of units. But if you do have 40 units, you've pretty much had to build an infrastructure to keep all of that maintained. You're not going to be able to maintain it yourself. So when you're going in it, they're just thinking I'm going to get one or two. Mm-hmm. If they're doing one or two, that's not going to be that profitable because you need to have a small, um, not per se team, like someone who's actually answering the calls just in case someone um, doesn't, who's locked out. That's just an example. There are people who get to the units and a person will send a message, we're not open between these hours and these hours. That's good, but if you have a client that's locked out, you cannot tell them mm-hmm. that, you know, you may think it's a simple request. Um, question like, hey, mm-hmm. I put all the check-in information that they need to find it. It's, that's, it's not that cut and dry. A person, you know, they may not be illiterate, but some things are just not cut and dry mm-hmm. to certain people. So if they're coming and they're locked out and you don't have anything as simple as a way for them to get in, a phone number to, to call, then it's not going to work. You know? So you really... It's really systems. It's really it's systems. systems. And you know, there's a threshold of how many a person would need to own absolutely. in order for it to make sense to even be in that business. Yes. And so, again, there we have people jumping into business ventures without really fully doing its research, yep. right? So, you knocked it out the park with Airbnbs. We did. And then, at the same time, you have a very successful barbecue Restaurant, restaurant in, yeah. in Cobb County. And I know that, you know, Cobb County is a risk anyway, right? Mm-hmm. I live in Cobb, so. <laughs> um, but it seems like you have an affinity for Cobb because then yes. you brought ESCO there. And I thought it was really dope to do that because ESCO, when you think about ESCO, you think about Snoop and you think about 2 chains, And I think that's the, like, the most urban <laughs> that you could think about <laughs> coming to crisp clean Cobb <laughs> County, right? And I said, okay, this is going to be interesting, it right? Is. It is. And so um, I know that you being an astute businesswoman mm-hmm. and really putting your, your your head to the ground, I know it had it wasn't an easy decision to choose ESCO as a franchise, right? Because you probably could have purchased 
into mm-hmm. any franchise, right? Mm-hmm. And we was going to purchase a different um, um, franchise. But it was pretty easy because we knew we were going to go to a franchise, but we knew that we wanted to work with Snoop. Wow. Okay, so... Again, so it, here is a great example that you made a decision off of a person that you like. So I tell exactly. people this all the time. People choose. Mm-hmm. They make decisions. They spend money. Absolutely. Because they like you. Mm-hmm. So you so you didn't know Chains, but you knew Snoop. Yes. Okay. All right. Because I'm sure you had to have seen some of the headlines about some of the issues that they face with ESCO. And that's Absolutely. any small business, any new small business, you're going to have something, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. So what made you decide to invest in a up-and-coming franchise, African-American, um, young, um, and, and not that the people weren't young, but the, the business was young. Yes. And there was, you know, issues in the media in regards to the brand. What made you decide to to choose Esco? Because we know the restaurant business. Okay. So that alone, um, it didn't really steer us away because of different things um, that happens because it's still very well known and people still very well go down there because Atlanta's mm-hmm. still doing very good. Mm-hmm. So it, it didn't deter any of mm-hmm. the people from mm-hmm. actually going down there. But we've been in a restaurant business since 2009. So us coming into the restaurant business, the only thing that we've never had is liquor um, and maybe like a couple of servers or mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, but we knew that it was very profitable, very success- successful business. Um, and we knew we wanted to own a franchise. So being in business with two people who've already collaborated together and who've made something so successful as an ESCO for the, and, and it's, it's very hard for places like that to last. It is. It is very, very, hard. Very, very, very hard. hard. They're usually gone in about three years, two well, or three years. A couple of issues most restaurants and lounges have is because they are hot for a moment and then something yep. else comes along. The other thing is, of course, staffing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then being able to stay up on ordering because you can order a large amount of chicken wings and they go yep. bad and or mm-hmm. the refrigerator goes out. I know so many people who's lost their hat yeah. in, the, in, the, in the restaurant business. And so, like you said, if you don't know restaurant yes. and if you don't know lounge and clubs, you probably should. No, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, again, it's very, very lucrative business because mm-hmm. – it's, to me, it's more lucrative than real estate. Mm-hmm. It's like selling a house. You may make $80,000 on selling that house. The restaurant business, you can make 80000 a week. Mm. So that's four if times If you know what money. you're doing. If you know what you're doing, you're uh-huh. going to be that profitable. So with that being said, you just have to... You just have to stay on it. So it, it is a definitely a business where you have to really stay in it. Um, so that's what a lot of people don't like about it. They think that they can just own a restaurant and be an absentee owner Mm -hmm. um but you can't you're really still going to always be in your restaurants i think you if you try to be an absentee owner in a restaurant and club business you're going to lose your hat just off of people skimming oh they're gonna steal real quick steal yes it's the most money moving yes if you come to our location and money moves hands, it, it moves more than it even moves at our other barbecue restaurant. Right. Um, because everyone, these girls are carrying it on their waist. Mm-hmm. So they necessarily don't have a cash register that they're putting money in. Mm-hmm. All your money is around these servers 
and they fanny packs. Mm-hmm. So you have to make sure that you're careful, make sure that, you know, you're keeping up with your numbers. And again, the systems have to fall in place too so that you'll know if something happens where you're losing money at. When do you know though in business when it's time that it's just not working? When when do you advise somebody to say, you know what, this just isn't working? If they're losing money and can't pay pay the bills, owe a lot of people and all, it's just really good to to me. I always tell people cut your losses early. Mm-hmm. What's early? Don't. Like how long should one, you know, go through the storm? Because you you know and I know entrepreneurship oh, is not for the faint at heart. You're going to go through a phase, absolutely, and it's never going to always be completely rosy. There's going to be times throughout anything that things absolutely. are a little um, shaky. But when do you know that that's just not a shaky period or it's time to get the hell out? If it's causing you your livelihood. It, I tell people all the time, if this business costs where I can't pay my mortgage and I'm going to lose my house, then I'll cut it short and do something else. But I how long, though? Because you, you, you may be short one month. No, no. How long? Like if you're going to lose your house. Oh, so, okay, yeah. If you're, like you, if you're going to lose your life, you can't pay your car note. You can't pay. It's been months and months that you can't pay your house notes. You have bills getting cut off. A person should kind of really know when their livelihood is kind of crumbling beneath them. You mm-hmm, see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If it's crumbling beneath you where you may end up having to go into foreclosure at this point. Before you even go into foreclosure, just get out of it. Because a business is a business. You can dissolve a business and pay all those vendors later, go back to work and get your livelihood back up where you need it. But if I have a friend who actually did that, Mm -hmm. who let it go on and on and actually lost her house, Mm. lost her. Now you have to not only build another business, you have to build your whole livelihood back up too. when she could have just cut it short, dissolved that business because she had to dissolve it anyway. Mm -hmm. She lost the business. Mm -hmm. But if she would have cut it short, a little bit earlier before her house went into foreclosure before you know her her car got repossessed she probably could have saved that it would have been easier just to pick up another she could have actually open the same business mm-hmm. back up revived it a couple years later so i definitely say before i you think lose everything one of the biggest challenges people have marcia is not becoming so married to something absolutely right i totally agree right and it, and also being okay with it didn't work mm-hmm. and start over. I think some people Absolutely. are more afraid of what other people think, what Absolutely. other people say. And what I notice about you, you don't spend a lot of time on social media. I don't spend a lot of time on social media at all. <laughs> you use social media to promote what it is that you're yep. trying to promote, and then you come on up off of there, mm-hmm. right? So how damaging do you think social media has been to a lot of business owners? Because I think a lot of the people um, – want to create an image that yep. isn't real. Mm-hmm. And we have now attracted a large amount of people thinking that entrepreneurship is super easy and everybody mm-hmm. can do it. Absolutely. How damaging do you think that is to the economy? I think that's really damaging to a lot of people. Believe it or not, I always tell people, I think social media is more damaging to millennials than it is people our age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I feel that our age still, got, still has a hustle and bustle. Well, you know you're a millennial, right? No, I don't feel like it. I'm you 38. Pro- yeah, but I'm telling you, <laughs> millennials. They just told me I'm a something else. I forgot what it's called. No, Gen Z's. Yes. Gen Z's. No, I think millennials. If you're 30. Wait, I don't know. I think millennials started I think- in 1970. I think if you were born between 1979 wow. and 
1994 or something like that. You need to have a cutoff because I think it's everybody below 30. It's a Gen Z, right? No, it's a, it's millennial. a millennial. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you are a millennial. Okay. So <laughs> well, they're going to they gonna have to catch up. <laughs> right, right. So, But you probably feel like you are a matured millennial. Maybe Absolutely. you have more of a Gen X personality, but millennial age. Yes. I do think that because I, I really feel like I said that there's really no hustle. It's more of social media making. And that's, hey, there's a ton of them make millions of dollars on social media but how are you gonna sustain it though marcia my question i is, said it's all the time <laughs> yeah I, I just wonder cause, okay because right keep now saying it, you you popping on instagram right now right mm-hmm. but you and i both know instagram is not always going to be there Absolutely. and then also when you turn 40 are you still going to or 50 or 60 are you still going to be that um influencer absolutely and i've seen now that let me break it down i have seen some very mature influencers. Mm-hmm. I just wonder, is that a sustainable career? Uh, I can't necessarily say uh, influencers are su- a sustainable career. I think that if that influencer is actually taking the money that they make doing different investments, mm-hmm. then that makes a, a, you know, a lot of sense. I do see some of them doing that mm-hmm. who, who have, are actually opening up restaurants mm-hmm. while well, using their name. Mm-hmm. So a lot That's of rappers smart. are doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lil Baby just did it. He's mm-hmm. not necessarily opening, you know, going to be there, but he opened up a restaurant, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. So a lot of them are actually doing that. But influencer alone, I don't know. I yeah, can't. you know, and I think the other thing I've seen, too, a lot of rappers and influencers are now using their name, too, to... Like you mm-hmm. said, buy, buy into uh, products like coffee or or a liquor line or yes. the challenge is some of them are not even putting in the money for marketing and PR, so you don't even know that it exists. Mm-hmm. And so we're going right on back to what we talked about before. With you know, you can have the best product yes. ever, but if nobody knows that it exists, mm-hmm. then you got a problem. Absolutely. And and so that goes back to social media. I know we say it can be damaging, but it also can help a business too right oh yeah because tiktok helps us a lot okay so you so, do more on tiktok side yes okay so we've always been on instagram mm-hmm. um i knew we knew little about tiktok of course you know like i said i do a lot of guerrilla marketing so mm-hmm. it's like uh okay this is a new platform let's mm-hmm. see what this can do tiktok is like a new world so it it actually we know that instagram kind of doesn't show people if you're not paying instagram a meta they're really going to show people what they want to see mm-hmm. you know they're not going to actually push it versus on tiktok it just it doesn't matter who it is you're they're going to see it you know mm-hmm. a person so anytime i'm even going somewhere i type it in on tiktok first to mm-hmm. find out what what it is um and you know how's the atmosphere or anything like that so tiktok when it came to the actual restaurant, yeah, that's exactly what we use. Okay, so for a small business, you recommend TikTok? Absolutely. Uh, what what other things do you recommend to small businesses in the marketing? Because we're talking to the badass <laughs> marketing chick. What other tools do you recommend? I Actually, people always say that this doesn't work. It works for us. Still email marketing. Mm-hmm. Email, you need to build a crazy email list. For one, when you sell a business, I've learned this very quickly. If you're selling a business, they always ask Okay, what's all you have to have a client email list for past clients. Mm-hmm. If you don't, your business is almost worth nothing mm-hmm. because this person can buy the business, but how are they supposed to 
market to your past clients. Because otherwise, they might as well just start from scratch. Absolutely. You don't have a CRM system. So you always need to keep in mind doing email marketing. Of course, now we do videos. Um, We use a lot of influencers. So influencers has been one of the biggest things that we use in the actual restaurant um, industry. So you so. influencers meaning for them to come in and host at night or just no? I'm sorry, um, food influencers. Food influencers. Okay, Absolutely. so you'll have them come in, experience that evening. Mm-hmm. They talk about it and then boom. Absolutely, they mm-hmm. make videos. They talk about it. Um, one of the biggest things, the difference between a restaurant and Um, The actual bar part is we are able to give them sections at the bar and at the restaurant, we make a spread of food. They come in, they bring um, another influencer with them usually, and they kind of try all the dishes um, and film it, try the drinks, and then they post it to social media. And they actually, a a lot of people do this wrong but when an influencer of any kind is actually posting you, they should hit the collab button. So once they hit the collab button, it'll collab your um, social media with their social media so both of you guys are kind of feeding off of each other mm-hmm. have you found that it actually have how are you able to measure that it's actually working mostly everybody who come in they say oh i i seen it on tiktok from this person to this person they'll eat instantly when a person comes in they'll tell you that because they'll show you too they'll show you what that person was eating because they would want the same thing okay and they're like hey we want this where can we get this how much is this so they always do that now i know one of the things they always talk about marcia is that as small business owners we should be creating a business that we could walk away from from two and a half three months and the business should be able to still operate at its optimal speed, right? Now, you have to build a company up to be able to get there. And you and I both know that when you talk about Mm -hmm. building up a company, that means you have to build human resources because the people that are in your business are the most important pieces of your business. How challenging has that been for you? Because when I talk to most small business owners, they will tell me their biggest challenge in business is staffing. It is. So our the crazy thing is the biggest challenge with staffing would be more at our barbecue restaurant. Really? We don't have problems with staffing at Esco. Everybody wants to be a server. And at first I didn't understand because uh-huh. remember I've never dealt with servers, so I had to really jump in and learn it real fast and real quick. I'm like, why would a person want to actually be a, a, server. a server for $2.13? Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. Until I start cutting their checks. <laughs> mm, yeah. And I'm looking like, I'm about to be a server tonight. I'm <laughs> mm-hmm. So these girls literally, between gratuity and cash tips, they're sometimes they can walk out of their four or $500 a night. Okay. okay. That is, and that's a night, mm-hmm. depending on what night it is. So, and that's not including anything that they're getting on their check because they still, that's money that's just gratuity that's coming from tips and things. Mm-hmm. But then they still also get a check and their checks could be between 700 to to $1,000 as well at the end of the week. Ooh. And they get paid weekly. They getting good. Yeah, they getting good, right? So what's next for you? Another franchise of some sort. Okay. Another franchise of some sort, me and my husband. Um, we're going to try to make sure that, like you said, this is built up mm-hmm. um, for a couple years. And probably in the next two years, we'll be looking to actually open up something else. How often are you currently in the restaurant? Right now, we're in there almost every I'm in there every day. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily because I have to at this point. 
um, because I do have management, but just because I like to put my eyes on everything, it's a brand, it's brand new. So I want to make sure that everything's, you know, going well, all the staff is, um, treated well. And again, this is a, still a brand new business for me. Mm-hmm. I've been in a restaurant industry, but not where I have had to have staffing. So I just want to make sure they're okay. Um, down to uniforms, mm-hmm. very specific, whether the uniforms they're wearing, um, what are the customers liking? How's the feel of the restaurant? And like you said, you came. Mm-hmm. So even our aesthetics and the feel is, you know, I want to make sure that the service that we're giving them matches the feel of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So that's the biggest because one thing you do know, we can't come to Cobb County, you know, just on <laughs> some bull. People, right. uh, Cobb County going to come once and they will never come again. Mm-hmm. So it's not mm-hmm. like you're not going to be able to convince them to come over and over and over. They're going to try you out once. If they don't like it, they will not come back. Mm-hmm. So I I push the issue to the staff to make sure that they're giving optimal experience to every single customer. Um, And we're the only ones out there. So just pushing it to try to make sure that we do get the name out there of the ESCO brand. Make sure that we start building a more positive light of the brand Mm -hmm. so that no one's thinking of it negatively. And I think we've done a really great job of that. We have people come in and they're they're blown away Mm -hmm. as soon as they actually come out to the restaurant I thoroughly enjoyed my experience thank there you. I really did it, I loved it because I felt like I could have an experience of downtown Atlanta not going too far from home so my husband Absolutely. and I we went we had good food good drinks great service we weren't far from home mm-hmm. and I felt like I was dropping like it was hot in Atlanta <laughs> I thought I was bad <laughs> but I was right around the corner Absolutely. And yeah and so I loved it I loved it and I think if anybody that you guys need to come out and we also want to support Marcia right absolutely Definitely and the, the police is not I, let me say that because people always think because it's right there mm-hmm. next door to a little station no that's just a no I like the uh, fact that it's uh, right there because let me tell you but, something <laughs> Let me t- Atlanta is, on, is is no joke right now, okay? Right. So going downtown Atlanta right now, parking and being able to sit down and chill, I will be on pins and needles. Exactly. So knowing that I'm right down in Cobb County, next to the station, I feel real safe. Where they want you to come play with them. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so please don't come out there acting crazy. Don't come out there acting the fool. Because Just come they and ready. have some fun. Just come and have some fun. Absolutely. I am so proud of you. I love Thank seeing you so much sisters out here getting it you you and your husband y'all are riding around and y'all getting it yes we're definitely a team i swear i always tell people please look at this restaurant if he was not there it would not be here Mm -hmm. i i don't take that from we play both parts he is the kitchen part i know the kitchen just in case something never happened to him Mm -hmm. just by watching it but Mm -hmm. he is the kitchen Mm -hmm. i i heads off to all the chefs because it's hot so I can't, mm-hmm. I can't do any of that. But yeah, we've been working and been business partners since we were young. And what role? So he's the kitchen and you're the business? Uh, the, yep. All the administration and all the marketing. That's I amazing. So absolutely. what you you and your husband are showing is true partnership. Oh, absolutely. And it's very difficult because some of the times I tell people to, I don't recommend sometimes that married yes. couples uh, partner in business because it can destroy your marriage. Absolutely. If it doesn't work out, right? And so um, I think you guys are showing a way to do it the right way. Absolutely. And I think that's also a positive because I'm really big on no one person has the answer to everything. Everybody's Mm -hmm. marriage is different. You've been married for 17, 18 years. I mean, 17. 17 years. I've been married for 25 years. Oh, I'm trying to be like you. (laughs) (laughs) But guess what? What works for me may not work for you. What works for you doesn't work. And I think that people need to realize that giving 
people marital advice in different situations yeah, does not work. Does not work. I right? learned that very quick. Yep. Like yep. From the pastor who married us, it ain't going. What this gonna work? Ain't gonna work. Kind of make it make sense between your relationship what works for you guys what works for you guys well marcy i want to thank you for coming out well, here thank today. you i, I want to enjoy thank myself you. i absolutely loved it thank you guys for inviting me this is amazing thank congratulations you congratulations to you uh, y'all don't blown up so i'm excited <laughs> just to be here you no guys. no thank you i well, i had to say i had i had to get you in the studio because yeah. i've seen you do some amazing things mm-hmm. um and then when i saw you stepping out and doing esco marietta i was like okay this is a sister that's out here mm-hmm riding around and getting it so thank you so much for coming out here today thank you guys i appreciate it thank you and thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of cornology you got it did you get no money if you're constantly worried about what everybody else got to say if you constantly got your eyes on what everybody else doing you ain't getting no money when it comes down to closing the deal i get it Welcome to Coinology, the podcast.